In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. And welcome to Brads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 10, Leverage, Synergy, and Thought Showers. Thought Showers. All of those things make me want to slip my wrists when I really listen to them. Yeah, they should. They're the worst words in the human English language. Thought Showers in particular really makes me want to punch something. It really does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This week's theme, if you haven't figured it out, takes us right to a place we all want to be. Mm. Work. All the time. All, always, yeah, always. Corporate life or the workplace in general bring their own special brand of awe, shock, horror. Especially that last one. And thought showers. And so many thought showers. <laughs> <laughs> we felt confident with this theme that there, everyone has a truly horrible work story. Truly, mm-hmm. truly horrible. Nothing can bring more cringeworthy moments than awkward coworkers, inappropriate bosses, terrible mandatory meetings. Mm-hmm. This week's picks will have you nodding along in horrified solidarity. We've got your back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I have many tales of work life gone horribly wrong. I know you do as well, Aaron. Oh, yeah, Are there though? What is the worst one that you would be willing to share in a public venue such as our podcast? Fair enough. I have a lot of really terrible ones that Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to share because it exposes someone else so terribly. Sure. I'll share the one that's awful, but mainly is terrible for me. Okay. Um, I had a boss that we were, uh, for the most part, the only two people in the office a lot. And we had like a shared um, bathroom, like a unisex bathroom. This is already going really bad. So bad. Um, and the lock was weird in like a real tricky lock way. Like it would 
act like it was locked, it would make the noise, Ugh. but it wasn't actually locked. It sounds like it was a lock made by a committee, a yeah. corporate committee. Yeah, doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. In theory, great. Theory, yeah. The idea of the lock is mm-hmm. there. You thought it through, but mm-hmm. it doesn't actually Execution. serve a purpose. <laughs> Except to trick you into feeling like it's locked, which is where our story starts. Okay. So I thought that it was locked. Mm-hmm. Um, let me back up a little bit here and say that this was at a time where I was single and I did laundry when I felt like it, which was never right. So I was down to like the thing that I call drawer underwear, which is like you move it for some reason from place to place, but you never actually want to wear it. Sure. But you're forced to because you have no laundry. So these happen to be a bright pink pair of boy shorts. (laughs) I don't even know why I ever had them. I I have no idea. I don't even know. I think at some point I thought they'd be good for exercise. Like, makes no sense. Don't even try and follow that train of thought. Not a thought shower there. (laughs) Just a real thought bubble bursting. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the pair I have on. Keep this in mind. Mm -hmm. Also, Amy can see me right now, and I am very, very pale. You are. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we, we kind of maybe have a contest for the most pale. Yes. However, you are indeed pale. Mm-hmm. I'm basically translucent. Yes. Like, no problem finding my veins because mm-hmm. you can just see it Me neither. through the skin. Exactly. Yeah. So that paired with bright pink underwear is mm. not that, like those real white pale thighs. It's just, <laughs> woo, that's everybody's dream. So I'm going to the bathroom. I guess the good part of the story is that I have my underwear up. But not my pants when my boss walks in because the door wasn't locked. So, and we both have that awkward moment where we make eye contact and neither of us moves because we're both so horrified. And you're going through all the possible like futures, like Doctor Strange and the Avengers, like, you know, you can't quite figure out how to get out of there. No. And I just stood there. I didn't even attempt to finish pulling up my pants. Mm -hmm. I'm just standing there in bright pink boy shorts with my pale (laughs) legs. And he's just standing there. So eventually he comes to his senses like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's the lock. And we do that weird, you know, thing. (laughs) Mutual horror. Right. So I have to finish and I'm like, how am I going to go back out there? Like, hopefully he had the good sense to go back to his office. What if he's standing in the hallway? Like, I don't know what's going to happen outside this door. And then whenever he sees you, he's just going to see bright pink boxer shorts. Right. But because I'm me, Mm -hmm. I had to make it more awkward. Oh, wonderful. And when I went out there, he was by his office, clearly had to use the bathroom, coming that way. And he's like, I don't know who's more embarrassed, me or you, which was his way of trying to break the ice, to which I responded for no good reason, obviously you, (laughs) (laughs) which is aggressive, inappropriate, and horrifying all at the same time. Wow. And then I left for the day. (laughs) My work here is done. (laughs) And like two days later, I got an email from him that said that someone was coming to the office to fix the bathroom door. (laughs) So that's what it took is to see your pale white legs next to pink boy shorts. While they're pale and translucent, they do inspire action. (laughs) You were able to leverage your white skin yes, in order to get that. In order to get some synergy on the lock. (laughs) You both had a thought shower of what to do next. (laughs) Which should never happen again, ever. 
Oh dear, mm-hmm. that's that's a real good one. I don't think I can top this, but there was like you know we were talking about inappropriate bosses. Yeah. So I used to work in a few advertising agencies. Ooh. So let that you know sort of cycle through yeah. for a minute. Yeah. Think of all the cliches about ad agencies. A lot of them are true. Um, there was liquor flowing a lot really? at this place. Yes, but one of the uh, most one of the moments seared in my head that I don't mind sharing because there's many others I don't want to share. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, um, we're all in a meeting. We have suffered, and by suffered I mean the boss has inflicted layoffs upon the company. Um, I am the only copywriter left. Oh, no. um, and in this meeting, um, our boss has all of us assembled, me, the one like graphic designer left, a few account people left, and he's talking about the brand that we are writing for or that we are creating an ad for. And he says, you know, I just don't think women should be writing for this brand. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Well, one, I'm your only writer left. Two, I'm a woman. Three... Cool. Thank you. <laughs> How are you supposed to respond to that? What am I so- I, oh, okay. So I had I this did, week off. Right, then, right. There was no good response to that. And all I did was just sit in my rage in this pool of building rage. And I didn't say a damn thing. And I think that's why this moment haunts me oh. to today. Yeah. So perhaps maybe if we ever took like a broads and books retreat, what we need to do is have a moment like a dummy of your boss where you get to say what oh, you should have God. said practice different things we could do a montage of you saying different things can i also attack him physically yeah this awesome. is a retreat okay so anything goes <laughs> like a good workplace retreat anything yes. goes things are gonna get weird and we're never gonna talk about it again <laughs> All right. So I know today in our picks, we talk a lot about the negative aspects of work. There are many, especially in corporate America. Mm -hmm. But we started thinking like, if you ran a company, Mm -hmm. Aaron, Mm -hmm. and you got to make all the decisions about the workplace vibe, like just let that power sit with you. We Mm -hmm. know you like power. Mm -hmm. Yes. What are the three things you would insist on having? Okay. These all have to do with everyone's individual office. So first of all, if I ran the company, there there would be walls. There'd be no cubicles. We'd all have our own space because I think that's important. Just yes. even on a communication level, it's a misnomer that cubicles are going to help facilitate communication. No. So I would have everyone in their own office. But then the three things that I would insist is one, everybody has their own Keurig because frankly, <laughs> no one in an office setting can make a good pot of coffee Very collectively. True. Something about that. Yeah. yeah. It's just impossible. No. It's like the sadness and the frustration of work seeds into the coffee. Yes. And then it sits there too long and then you feel guilty. Like, I don't really want that. Mm-mm. No. And it always seems to be the place that you get stuck in a weird conversation. For sure. So if I want another cup of coffee, I don't want to have to sacrifice my time to get it. Mm-mm. So I, really, it's an efficiency thing at this point. I like this. Now, because I prefer a liquid-based creamer in my coffee... <laughs> Brings me to number two. Okay. Okay. Which is everyone's going to have a mini fridge. Okay. Serves two purposes. Keep your own damn creamer. Yeah. And second of all, no one's lunch is getting messed with. Because that's a thing. It sure is. I don't know why. I Somehow don't know all why. the rules go away when you yes. open a communal fridge. It's bizarre. Yeah. So then if your fridge stinks, we know that it's you. Ooh. If you, you have the, the broccoli stink. Yeah. That's you. That's, that's on, on you. you. That is on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those two things. The last thing is that I want it to work like a doctor's office. You know, those little flags they put out like, oh, this patient's ready. I want to have that. You can't open the door if the flag's not out. God, I want to work for you. Right? 
That's incredible. Simple rules. All of those things. And so much of that, uh, I think so much of work is moving towards open office Mm -hmm. environments. It's BS in my mind. All the evidence shows it does not encourage collaboration, blah, 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 blah. It just makes people rage monsters. No, I want everyone isolated and in their own kind of work time out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to really commit to going to saying something. Yeah. You have to get up. You have to open your door. You have to see if the flag's out. If the flag's not out, it's over. You're Mm -hmm. just going to have to bite your tongue. Because they're not coming to the coffee spot because they got their own coffee. So. It will cut down on a lot of inappropriate talk, really. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the bonus side, because I do enjoy power, is that that's a built-in punishment system. It is. You lost the right to have your own flags on your door. <laughs> so sorry about that. Guess what else you lost? Your door. You don't have any Mini fridge pods. Gone. Yeah, you have a Keurig. No pods. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Sorry about that. Wow. Or you have the bad ones. Like, we thought these were going to be good. They're not. You yeah. get them. Mm-hmm. Man, that's good. I know, right? I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's what I came up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to One, I want nap time. I want Damn legitimate, right organized nap time. Oh, everybody. Morning, laughing. afternoon, whatever, you know, whatever works. You get okay. some time for a nap. I like it. Two, no dress code. I do oh, not. So smart. Business pants, business shirts, business anything, especially for women, they just make you uncomfortable. They make you, yeah. you can't focus, you can't concentrate yes. when you're constantly adjusting your bra strap or whatever. Yeah. Uh-uh. Third thing, work at home. Just skip the whole <laughs> office. <laughs> oh, by the way, we don't even have an office. <laughs> Best part, no office. Done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I do it myself. So do you, Erin. Mm-hmm. I love it. Smartest thing I've ever done, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I don't need to be inflicting my white thighs on anybody else. So it's just a safety yeah, home, hazard at this point. At home, do you run into any accidental opening the doors? No. Besides your children? No. Well, yeah, that's... Ugh. But no. That's just them. Yeah. No, when I'm home alone, in fact, I usually just use the bathroom with the door open. Perfect. I mean, it gets wild west in there because yeah. I'm the only one. So... It's amazing. Yeah. I use the bathroom with the door open, too. Only the cat's looking at me. Yeah. And... And you know what? She always is judging. So whatever. Yeah. She's going to judge if the door's closed. Exactly. So what don't you want me to see? Right. Right? Yeah. I'm Jeez. not going to play that game for you. Oh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened was Aaron was trying to look for Fiona, could not find her, and then tried to bring it back. Yeah. Tried to bring it back. Usually she's right there she staring at staring us. at us. Today, she'll she come in up. about halfway through and there'll be a meow mm-hmm. of some sort. Mm-hmm. She will give us, uh, she'll let us know how we're doing. Yeah. She's our focus group. She's our focus group. She's in another room right now, writing down this time because she's going to cut this whole part. <laughs> Taking notes. Yeah, exactly. With her opposable thumbs. Uh, all right. So should we dive into our picks? I think so. Okay. I mean, we we've already, we've set up the horrors of workplace. We've teed it up now. Yes. So Let's now. Let's get these thought showers going. <laughs> so many thought showers. Teed it up is another phrase that it I heard a lot. Is. In like, circle back. Circle back. I'm going to run this up the flagpole. Run it up the flagpole. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of um, nouns turned into verbs like mm. actioning or ooh, or ooh. my favorite is That's planful. <laughs> planful. Planful. What? Let's be more planful about this. No, let's not because that's not a word. Planful? You yeah. Just make up your own word. Right. Oh, that's so frustrating. <sighs> that would that would infuriate me. Yeah. I would have to take a personal day. I hear that on a conference line and I, yeah, I have a, I have a bit of rage. I can imagine. Wow. This is yeah. getting more clear what you need at our workplace <laughs> retreat. 
All right. So our fiction picks. Yes. What do you My have for us? My first fiction pick is a book called Severance by Ling Ma. Mm. This was published in 2018. So the story is this. Candace is a young professional in a sort of publishing industry. She's a Manhattan office drone. She's doing production work on Bibles. Um, the newest product is a teen-targeted gemstone Bible that comes with its own gemstone for all the hip teens out there reading the Bible. Um, she's working hard in a crappy office doing crappy work, but it's routine. She likes that. Then a zombie-like flu starts spreading. Um, it affects the city of Shenzhen in China, where she visits to check on the Bible's progress, mm -hmm. this uh, gemstone Bible. Mm -hmm. She also discovers the plant slowly killing its workers. So great. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah. So she goes back and this so-called Shen fever starts spreading around the world and into New York City. Her company, like a true capitalist corporation, knows it needs to do something about all the workers getting sick and dying. But business must go on. Sure. Yeah. Any cost. So they offer Candace a deal. Stay for a year to sort of back clean up and they get a, or she gets a huge severance package. So she stays as Manhattan starts slowly clearing out. Everyone's dying. The trains are grinding to a halt. People are leaving. If they're not dead, this chaos of New York becomes quiet. And she's alone in this office, but she is working towards this severance package. Um, interlaced with this story is a slightly future set story where she's actually left. And she's hooked up with a group of surviving walkers. And it's kind of a take on the walking dead. But the best part is there's an IT worker and middle manager with this chip on his shoulder who takes control. <laughs> and he starts leading them towards this supposed Shangri-La in Chicago. Spoiler, this corporate drone may not have all the answers. Mm. So theme-wise, as far as why it fits in, it's this wonderful corporate work send-up. Um, it's kind of a satire. It's literally the end of the world. But damn, this company wants to keep making money. They want to keep pushing forward. Yeah. You don't know what the end of the world's actually going to bring. Right. They want to beat out any competitors yeah. who survive. Right. Got to squeeze out that last dollar. Mm -hmm. um, more of why it's a good read. Uh, one of the things you, or one of the ways you can tell if someone's infected, they start acting like a drone. They're just doing the same routines all day That's long. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's heartrending. It's modern. It's universal. And two fun facts. Ooh. One, I saw a panel at AWP with Ling Ma. She was a delight, just funny, thoughtful. And then I read an interview with her. This is the second fun fact um, from with the Chicago Review of Books. And she wrote this when she was downsized and she was living on a severance package. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. What a great tie-in. I, <laughs> I love that idea that she's sitting there. She's been, you know, yeah. laid off. She's thinking about her life and this is the story that you comes out roll it into something I know. great it's fantastic i highly recommend it it's a really like i said it's kind of funny it's heartbreaking it's all sorts of things it sounds amazing yeah it's actually i was on my to read list prior to this but now it's moving right up to the top well guess what i'm gonna run it up right the flight here. pole i have it right here <gasps> Boom. Oh, book transfer thank you it's in your hands <laughs> i don't know why i felt like i should sing song that but there it is. There it is. <laughs> Won't be the last time. <laughs> so thank you, Ling Ma, for that wonderful book. Yes. That lovely way of looking at corporate greed mm -hmm. and zombies. Perfection. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, my fiction pick for this week is called Company by Max Berry. So this is um, similar in the sense that it is a satire uh, of a workplace. So think of your just general corporate 
you know, going to have offices, cubicle farm, the whole deal. So Stephen Jones has just landed a new job at Zephyr Holdings, and he's pumped because this is what he wanted. He's going to make money. Um, he thinks that this is his ticket to getting up. He's going to, his career is going to take off. He's going to become a manager and then his own owner, all these things. Um, but what he finds when he starts is just a lot of problems and not a lot of answers. So the first, one of the first things he realizes is that the receptionist is paid double of almost anyone else, but doesn't do anything during the day. That's a red flag. Right. First red flag. Um, second is that one of the first days there's a donut missing out of the break room and everyone spends the entire day figuring out where it went. <laughs> No one has actually met the CEO. No one actually knows what they're selling, but they all work really hard at it. Uh, HR uses self-help manuals as training manuals. This is incredible. It's basically the book version of The Office uh -huh. or SNL. Fantastic. It is. So it's satire in corporate life, what work, what work means, um, what's really important. If you go into this thinking that Max Berry is going to provide a bunch of answers to these questions, he's not. <laughs> this is purely just look at how ridiculous this is. It's thought showers. It, it, it is. It's a thought shower of ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. So that could have been the title. Mm. Thought shower of ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. But he went with company. Yeah, which, that probably makes better sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's getting there. Yeah. So it's completely a comment on corporate life that offers no answers, which is perfection in this uh, theme that we picked. So I think that this book is perfect for anyone who has ever heard the word synergy and wanted to throat punch someone. <laughs> You'll like this book. Um, so that's both of us, first of all. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Anyone that has watched someone melt down mm. over fridge space in an office, Ooh. you're going to like this. Yeah. If you are the one melting down, this is not going to seem funny to you. Okay. This is going to seem alarmist. This mm -hmm. is going to seem scary. Not funny, which it's supposed to be funny. So if you don't find it funny, maybe take a look at what you're doing. You need a personal day and just yeah. take some stuff. You may be happening. the one mm -hmm. that's causing the problems. If you enjoy the movie Office Space. And you especially identify with mm -hmm. the character asking for the TPS reports. Yes. Problem. Mm -hmm. Problem. Particular problem. But if mm -hmm. you like it for all the other things in Office then Space. Then you're great. This book, it's for you. Wonderful. Yes. So I loved it. It's a quick read, hilarious. Even <laughs> I mean, even if you don't work in that type of environment, but you just know how you know crazy those types of environments are, pick it up. If you just got promoted to a manager and you're going to be in charge of one of these, Ooh. you should read this. Yeah, kind of a you know warning manual, mm -hmm. if you will. What do you think makes a good manager? Oh gosh, so many things. I you know we were talking about this earlier. I mostly just have identified what makes a bad manager. Yeah. So then maybe just not doing those things. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know if that's very, <laughs> if that's the right way of thinking about just it. Just be not this. <laughs> just do yeah. not these things. Right, right. Well, I think the biggest one, don't you feel like, is that you can't just be so full party line that you don't listen to reason. Yeah. It really comes down to listening to logic and mm -hmm. reason. And there are things that you should get involved in and there are things that you aren't. And I think some of these things you're not going to be able to avoid when you put a bunch of people together. Because I think any situation where you have a lot of people in one space, you're going to end up with some – it's just statistics at this it point. Is. You're going to end is. up with somebody crazy. Any so. job, any school, anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to have gonna a few. Yeah. yeah. So what can you do about it? But embrace it. But as a manager, I think you have to know when you need to step in and when mm -hmm. not to step in. <laughs> <laughs> when to let them gladiator style fight it out. That'd be great. Ooh. Yeah. <gasps> 
we could add that to our list of perfect workplaces, like a full-on Roman Colosseum gladiator fight for any of the fighting about, you know. Yeah. Well, I think someone should be able crap. to, like, call you out. Like, Ooh. Friday afternoons, we know it's gladiator afternoon. Yeah. And so we wait, and then at Friday at 10 a.m., everybody gets an email with who's been called out. Ooh. Like, Amy called out Aaron because she took her grapes. <laughs> Because then you'd really have to think about your behavior during the week. Yeah. Am I prepared for a gladiator yeah. beatdown? Do you picture the gladiator beatdown involves weapons or is it just fists and hands and claws? I was thinking of American Gladiator, like the show. Oh, so I was thinking of like yeah. those Q-tip things. Oh know? my God, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Like running into big foam pits. Hmm. You know, I don't want anyone to actually be injured because well, I think that's a lawsuit. Oh, that's true. So okay. if it's co- company sponsored, if you really want to call someone out to hurt them, that's another thing. <laughs> Maybe so, take that off company grounds. Correct. And it was never company sponsored. <laughs> we never discussed this. And I am not going to help you get an attorney. So <laughs> just to be clear. So, so to be clear, we're yeah. suggesting as a, you know, Way to work through all the stress and drama mm-hmm. of a workplace, American Gladiator style Friday afternoons. Yeah, I see no downside. No. <laughs> it's Lots end. of padding. And wonderfully. <laughs> I don't see how this could be an issue at all. <laughs> and hey, we'll sponsor you. It could be a Broads and Books sponsored Friday afternoon. Yes. Yeah. But you're going to have to run by us while you're calling yeah. someone out. Oh, good call. Yeah. We need to mm-hmm. approve that. We we reserve the right to veto. Mm-hmm. Like if you're calling someone out because they wore white pants after Labor Day, Mm-mm. nope, we deny your request. If you're calling someone out, however, because they stole all the food that was left over from a client meeting before anyone else could get there, that may be valid. Mm-hmm. If you're calling someone out because they put a va- fake video camera pointed at the fridge to mm. freak people out. That's okay. That's ridiculous behavior. <laughs> Why are you putting a fake and camera? And I actually know someone that did that. That's a real story. Someone put a fake camera mm-hmm. on the fridge to freak yeah. everyone out. And there was like a sign that said, there's a camera. So mm-hmm. was this that, a manager or was this a... Yeah. Okay. The lunch had gotten to a real... It's just a peak <laughs> of stealing, apparently. I was like, I don't know. Just don't bring your lunch. And also, who are you hiring? Yeah. That that's what happens. And... I, I, the logical part of me was like, why don't you just put an ice pack in your lunchbox and keep it by you? I think that would solve a lot of problems. I mean, just go old school. Yeah. If you, you know, I don't know why you keep putting it in the fridge and then expecting a different result. Cause then all morning you're just angry and, you're and anxious. You're just like, oh my gosh, yeah. who's getting like in there yeah. see if it's there. It was always people though, that would like put a full size thing in there. Like they bring mm-hmm. their own bagels and they leave a full size cream cheese in there. Yes. And then they're like, where's my cream cheese? Like, why'd you bring the whole container? Yeah. Cause it just looks like you want to share. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just take out what you need each day. Is that that big of a deal? Is that so much time in the morning that you can't spare the seven seconds? <laughs> I mean, really? Relook at your routine. I'm just probably because you know. I mean, let's face it. You're not working every single second of the day. You can spare those seven seconds. Yes. What else are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Play games on your phone. Or I don't know. If you really want to have your own cream cheese in there, bring a share one. (laughs) Right. This one's mine. This one's for sharing. Back off. Everyone would be happy with that. Mm -hmm. That's just nice. And then if someone dips into the back off thing. Now we've got to call out. Call out. That is ridiculous behavior. I want each of them then to have their own names. Mm. You know, like everyone had their names, like Star, Nitro. Nitro. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. For sure. We get to name them, though. Yes, we do. We're sponsoring it. We're naming them. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like every episode we come up with one of these wonderful thought showers. Fantastic business deals all around. Really? It's amazing <laughs> that we aren't just huge, huge corporate CEOs by now. Really? I mean. I see it's in our future. I do too. I We're going to be revolutionizing the work world. I'm game. Cool. Needs a revolution. <laughs> every good revolution needs a leader. <laughs> Speaking of revolutions, Ooh. oh my God, I'm tying in to my next what? pick. What? It's like we planned that transition. Oh, and we didn't. We all know we didn't. Magic. <laughs> There's no way we could have planned Anyone that. listening can hear we did not plan that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For the other genres, mm-hmm. some sort of nonfiction, I picked an article, actually. Get this. Look at you, fancy pants. It's called I Was a Playboy Bunny by Gloria Steinem, written in 1963. What? How did I never know that? Check this out. So it's been found multiple places, including her book. Right here. I'm leaning down. (laughs) (laughs) Outrageous Acts and Everyday Rebellions by Gloria Steinem. So here's the story. Gloria is working for a New York magazine in 1962-63. She sees an ad for Playboy bunnies, promising glamour, money, and celebrity. She poses as a woman named Marie. Interviews, gets the job, and becomes a Playboy Bunny for a couple weeks. Now, if you're not familiar with the Playboy Bunny situation, so Playboy was a series of clubs, um, as well as the magazine owned by Hugh Hefner. Mm -hmm. And these were men-only clubs, kind of high-roller-type clubs, or at least pretending you're Mm -hmm, high-roller-type clubs. mm -hmm. And they featured hot girls in bunny costumes as waitresses. Um, it's basically the blueprint for Hooters, Twin Peaks, all of the breast-type restaurants. Right, right, yeah. right. So this article, it's a fascinating look behind the curtain for what sort of claimed to be this sort of empowering job for women, you know, like money, celebrity, oh, blah, yeah, blah, blah, okay. blah. So probably to no surprise, she shows it's all a big scam. What? The women get paid. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, record scratch. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The women get paid very little to put up with a lot of demeaning shit from the men in mm. the clubs. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Yeah, that's shocking. Um, they are constantly charged demerits and costs for sneezing and popping a zipper. Oops, you got to pay to fix that on your costume. Um, for heels that are less than three inches tall. Oh, you got five demerits. You have to, that comes out of your paycheck. Um, their costume, which they have to pay for repeatedly, is like three sizes too small. So it's physically debilitating. Um, they're even forced to have a pelvic exam and pap smear as part of the interview process. Yeah. Gloria writes about all the truth behind the ad. And she talks to the girls, too, the actual bunnies, which is the really interesting part. Because it's really touching. It's really heartbreaking. Some of these are just women that are just trying to get by. Some are looking for celebrity, like they're thinking it's a way to break into show business sure. or something. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just like, hey, I was a waitress somewhere else. This promised more money. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then you get in here and it's, it's very um, not what was promised. So she gets behind, in some ways, I love it because she prints the actual job ad. And it reminds me so many times of all the ridiculous job ads you see out there and all the ways they describe this amazing, glorious position and company. And really, when you get behind it, all the things that actually exist, which are none of those. Right. She shows also how women can be demeaned and harassed on a regular basis. Now, granted, this was 1963, but... Anyone reading this today will see a lot that is very familiar Mm. in this book or in this essay. 
Um, she notes some of the results, too, which show the corporate greed. She was sued. She was threatened by strange calls, just men that were maybe members of Playboy Club. Um, and ridiculously, so part of her two weeks, she got photographed as a bunny. So anytime for the next 50 some years, there was ever a uh, note about Gloria Steinem or anything, Playboy would post that picture as if to say, oh, you think you're so smart. You think you're so great. Look at you as a bunny. She says in there, Playboy never forgets. Wow. So it's short. It's like 20 pages. Easy read. Really fascinating. It's also great in historical context because this is the moment that Gloria Steinem really starts becoming a feminist. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, in a proscript to the article in that book, she says that writing this made her realize that, quote, all women are bunnies. Um, it's the spark for her decades-long activism and a huge moment in the sexual revolution, the rise of second-wave feminism in the 60s and 70s. So it's it's very instrumental, very instructional, very interesting. You know, it reminds me because of what I picked later on, but um, don't you feel like a lot of times when people know something's wrong, it comes out of a place of defensiveness? You know, yes. it made me think that when you said uh, Playboy never forgets mm -hmm. and kind of this need to like attack. And we've seen that, you know, like with the Church of Scientology or, Very much so. you know, when people feel like they need to be so defensive or attack someone else, that's usually a red flag that big, major red flag. Something yeah. else is going on. Yeah. In fact, after this article came out, yeah, there was all sorts of blowback. And then, like I said, for the next 50 years, you know, Hugh Hefner was mm -hmm. very... And it's um, almost doing the opposite. You're almost yeah, drawing more attention to exactly. it. Because the reality is a lot of times, if you know, companies that don't have a need to be defensive, they just ignore, you know, merciless attacks, attacks that don't mean anything because there's no need to address them. It's not mm -hmm. true. But when you feel the need to really get down there and attack an individual so stringently. Yeah. And what's great is that she writes very specifically about her own experience, stuff that you know, when it comes down to it, they shouldn't be lashing out because they could have just said, oh, that was one woman's experience. She writes about how her feet, after standing in, you know, four inch heels for an 11 hour shift, they are still now permanently deformed and, and all of these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they, they just took that and ran with it and started a smear campaign on her. As you do, I guess. As right? you do. Yeah. yeah. Who hasn't run a smear campaign? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. To be clear. Let's everyone be clear. I was joking. Sarcasm. And we're not inviting a smear campaign. No. Don't smear us. Please. I mean, I might find it humorous, but again, yeah. I reserve the right to smear you back. Absolutely. And public shaming. I'm good at research. So <laughs> there was a very intense look on your face just then. So anyone thinking about messing with Aaron, don't do it. It was yeah. really scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Mm -hmm. So point okay. taken. Yeah. Okay. I see the floor now. Your turn. <laughs> So <laughs> my nonfiction pick this week is a book that I um, can't stop talking about. And if you spend any time with me right now off this podcast, you'll know that I am obsessed with this story and I won't let it go. It is called Bad Blood yep. by John Carreyrou. So if And you, also as background, Aaron has related the story of this multiple times already to me. Yeah, and it, I won't it's stop. Yes, it, yeah. is, it is mind blowing. <laughs> I can't get enough. So... The, John Carew is a um, Wall Street Journal uh, journalist. So that's where his background, he's an investigative journalist. But before we get into why he wrote this book, the background is about this company called Theranos, who is or was run by uh, a young female named Elizabeth Holmes. So the short version of this is that the whole thing was a scam. Basically, it's all fraudulent. She claimed to have the ability 
take scientific tests off a very small drop of blood. So the idea was that this was going to be fantastic because you would be able to test blood quicker without the pain. Um, It's something that a lot of people don't know, but if you have to continually get your blood drawn, your veins actually collapse. So it gets harder and harder and harder to get blood from places. So this was seemed like this great solution, like drop of blood, a finger prick, and she can get all these tests. Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. The only problem is on the other side, you had a whole bunch of scientists saying, wait a minute, that's like not scientifically possible. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing the research, figuring out how to make it happen and taking her idea all the way to the end, she just doubled down and said, we'll figure it out somehow. We'll figure it out <laughs> along the way. And in the meantime, we're just going to tell a whole bunch of people we did. And I'm going to take your money. It'll be fine. Anyone that crossed Never. her, she went after with a vengeance. So really, John Carreyrou is instrumental in this entire thing getting exposed because she, this was, you almost, if she, it wasn't so terrible, you'd almost admire her the way that she For set sure. it up. She, from top down, she made sure that her board consisted of people that no one would question because their political reputations. I mean, we're talking about Henry Kissinger, uh, George Schultz, people that were big in politics, big in decisions. Which, first of all, why are they on a science-based company board? But yeah, Because she convinced them to be investors. Mm -hmm. And so now, of course, when money's involved, somebody says, well... This can't be wrong because I gave her a lot of money, Uh so it better be right. So now we've got a pride and ego issue Mm -hmm. on top of it. But so she gets all these people. And anytime anyone asks a question, they get fired. They get harassed. They get spied on because she's going to make sure that no one's going to bring this down. So essentially, this all gets told because John Carrier gets a tip from a scientist after a Forbes article is published about her where it claims that she's worth like 4.6 billion or 4.5 billion dollars and she's you've probably seen it now cuz it's been on the news a lot she's holding like this tiny vial and she's got crazy eyes and I say that because truly look she at does. it yeah yeah so uh it gets published and someone's like wait a minute this doesn't make sense and they reached out to John Carreyrou and said this doesn't make sense which he was kind of having the same thought so he started kind of poking around and he ended up getting employees to tell him what was really happening at their own peril. One of the uh, employees that was instrumental in it was George Schultz's grandson, Tyler, who was young out of college doing an internship. And he gave him a lot of information and suffered a lot of family loss due to it. I mean, his, his grandfather took Elizabeth's home side for a period of time and she was instrumental in making sure that happened. It was, um, yeah, it's unbelievable when you understand the lengths that she went to. And that's what this book really gets into is from beginning to end where the, it started. Um, it really truly gives the whole story, but it gives it in a way that it's almost like you're reading a thriller. So for me, business and true crime, magic combination. Oh my gosh. Yes, of course. I was all about it. So, uh, there's been some other documentaries about it. You might have seen it. Like they did a 2020. There's a podcast called The Dropout. And I've been listening um, to that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So which the backstory of that is that she actually dropped out of Stanford. Mm-hmm. So doesn't actually have a college degree mm-hmm. and took like a couple science classes. But suddenly she's, you know, going to. Genius. Yeah. Right. Because all geniuses did that. That was another thing that he covers very specifically. She was obsessed with Steve Jobs, yeah. like created her whole life around the way he did things and went after apple employees too. yes That's what i'm learning yes okay. yes yeah. very very directly pulled apple employees but then the part that she missed was like steve 
Jobs actually invented stuff. Yeah, there was something so, behind that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if you know, but like you can buy an iPad. You sure can. Or an iPhone. Yeah. Those are actual Apple products. You can't buy a Theranos product because... If you can, you shouldn't. Yes. That, it doesn't work. Mm -mm. Don't do it. Do not do it. So beginning to end, this book is amazing. Um, the documentary, I watched documentary on HBO called The Inventor. It's also great. But truly, out of everything that I've seen, his book is the most comprehensive. It's going to answer... So I felt like some of the documentaries, a 2020 episode, that type of thing left you with some questions like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, what about this? Because they can only cover so much. Sure. Um, and he covers everything. Wow. So if you're interested at all, or if you've seen one of those, you got to read this. One. It yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 bananas, really, is what it is. You cannot even believe that she's walking around. You know, she's facing criminal charges now. Mm -hmm. um, that's the next road down for her. She first uh, faced the SEC SEC, yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, was ordered to pay them a certain amount of money, fine, but it, it truly is criminal when you read the book and you think about it. I mean, it it is, it's still like mind-blowing. Do you think that, you know, because what I'm learning from what you told me about the book as well as the podcast mm -hmm. that I'm listening to is that even though for years people in the company are saying this doesn't work, this doesn't work, they're even testing it at Walgreens, mm -hmm. it's not working, it's giving bad results, she's still defending it. Do you think there was ever a point in her mind where she thought, yes, the science will get there, or do you think it was all just BS? I, you know, I have asked myself that question yeah. quite a few times, and I go back and forth. I do think that she, and frankly, I think it comes out of a naivete, and I think it comes out of the fact that she was a college dropout, that mm -hmm. she thought that at some point we could get it there. She thought that people just weren't working hard hard enough to get the science there. But there is no question in my mind that she also knew she didn't have it when she got Walgreens to give her all of that money, mm -hmm. um, when they changed their stores to include it. I mean, she's instrumental in the the longest, well, I don't know if he's the longest running, but one of the most um, successful Walgreens CEOs of, he retired basically in disgrace oh because of gosh. his defense of her mm -hmm. and wanting to keep that in stores. Um, the same way he lost a ton of money. Safeway lost a ton of money. Walmart lost a ton of money. I mean, these are people, big companies that she went after. Um, she frequently told people that these were being tested in Afghanistan and were helping soldiers. Not true. Um, and had multiple generals that would say, wait a minute, that's no, we didn't do any testing to say that that could be used with soldiers. I mean, just from the top down, you just know that there's no way you could have believed that was true. And even one of the most pinnacle moments, I think, in part of the deception is that when she was selling this Walgreens deal, she had all these big execs from Walgreens at the Theranos place and had them test their blood and did the finger prick and then took the blood and sent it to an outside lab. Didn't do it in her own lab. So you're telling me that you think your lab works? No. Mm -mm. Don't buy it for a That's second. Thing. That's what I keep wondering. Like, how is she justifying this in her head? Like, is is she convincing herself? Is she just a, a you know, pathological liar? I Maybe think all con artists have some level of delusion, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's part of what makes their scam workable and why it's so amazing to the rest of us is because to believe a lie so hard. I mean, I truly think she could probably pass a polygraph mm -hmm. because you just buy in that hard, but that's a, that's a certain kind of sociopath. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, the rest of us would be like, Oh, I'm going to get caught. I'm going to, I won't get away with this, that kind of thing. Right. Or you would have some kind of conscious, like, you know, these right. people are getting bad results and finding out that they have cancer when they don't, mm -hmm. or they're getting bad results and saying that their insulin is fine when it's not. So th there's a lot of issues with it across the board, but also in news, thanks to Amy pointed this out, and I did know that there was a movie coming out, but it's just been announced that 
Broads and Books favorite, Kate, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon is going to play Elizabeth Holmes. Which is incredible. Oh, I'm so curious now about this movie, if it's going to be like serious, if it's going to be kind of comic, like it could be, it could go so many it ways could. with her. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's going to nail the crazy eyes. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. So I feel... How about a little comedy after that? Ooh, what okay. do you got for us? So for our pop culture picks, my pick is a movie called Nine to Five by Jane, or with Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton. Yes, it is. It's a movie from 1980. I'm singing the song in my head right oh, now, yeah. just so you know. Everyone is. <laughs> That's it. Was that far enough away that we don't have to pay I think for so. It? I think okay. we did Good. a few notes higher than they should have been. Yeah, yeah. So if it sucked, it was deliberate. It's on purpose. Yes. So I probably watched this movie about a hundred times. As one does. During the 80s on VHS. Probably a big reason I see things a certain way mm. in my life. Mm -hmm. If you have not had the pleasure of watching this glorious movie, the three women, Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, they work in a corporate office. They work in one division uh, for an executive named Mr. Hart. Picture Mr. Hart. He's the blowhard you are picturing in your head. Mm -hmm. They are Mr. Hart's secretaries, personal assistants, source of all of his ideas. He is terrible. As they describe him in multiple times throughout the movie, he is a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. Sexual harasser, too. Steals ideas. He's lazy. He's a kiss-ass. He's kind of everything. So the three women don't know each other very well at first, but they start bonding in some really hilarious, funny, you know, unexpected ways. And one day they have just had enough. And I won't spoil how because the series of events are hilarious, but they eventually kidnap him. And keep him locked up, as one always wants to do with a terrible boss. Yeah, I did. Oh. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they run the business in secret. They make some changes, transforming the office into a female-led work haven. And then when he gets free, there's a delightful reckoning that you just really have to see to believe. Everything about this movie is a damn delight. <laughs> It is wish fulfillment. It is satire. It is affirming. It's amazing. It's a damn delight, Aaron. Uh, yeah. I. <laughs> your love of this rivaling <laughs> how excited you got about David Bowie is really you know, throwing me for a loop, I have to say. What I was going to do when I first started, was gonna, I was going to say pop culture pick. Guess what? It's David Bowie again. Yeah. But I, I did not do that. Um and of course, as we said, it yielded one of the best movie songs ever made. Yeah. By Dolly Parton. Gosh, it's so good. It's wonderful. It's, it's in my Spotify yeah. playlist that comes up all the time. <gasps> oh. Because why wouldn't you sing that song with yourself exactly. in the car? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Okay. Oh, that I'll so trumpet good. for you people. I there. love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's another part podcast going to cut. <laughs> Podcasts, like seriously. Oh my gosh. No. These two think they're hilarious. We are podcast. Yeah. We are. Yeah. All right. Debbie Downer. <laughs> what do you got, Erin? Um, side note, I'm going to change Debbie Downer to David Downer because why is that kind of be a lady? Yeah. It's David Downer. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something else, but I, I, I won't. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, anyway, things that you're side willing note. to admit and things that you're not about <laughs> your work environment. Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so my uh, other pick is a podcast. Mm. It is called Business Wars. Ooh. And it's produced by Wondery. It's hosted by David Brown. 
And it tells the behind the scenes story of famous business competitions. So the one that I just listened to was Netflix versus Blockbuster. Like what was all going on behind the scenes starting when Blockbuster started to, you know, be on the ropes for the fact that people were not going to go to movie stores anymore and rent DVDs. And I don't know if anyone else remembers, but I specifically remember when Blockbuster tried to roll out the same thing that Netflix had where you could order DVDs and have them sent to your house, Uh but you go return them at the store. Mm -hmm. They were trying to, so it's, Interesting because everything that you know about the story out in the media, they tell you everything that actually happened behind the scenes. So this particular one was based on a book that someone had um, written about the evolution of Netflix. Um, But they have ones about, you know, Nike versus Adidas, Marvel versus DC, Monster versus Beats by Dre, Nintendo versus Sony. Hearst versus Pulitzer. So wide range. There's probably like a segment for everyone, everyone's taste. Um, they don't like the Netflix versus Blockbuster one was quite a few episodes, but like the Beats by Dr. Dre is just one episode. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to whatever business one you want to. Like if you want to start with the Nike one, you could do that and listen to it through. Um, you could say, no, I'm just interested in the Nintendo one and listen to that. So um, they're produced. So it's a little bit different in a podcast in that, you know, it's pre-recorded. They add, you know kind of background stuff to it, noise or clips of interviews, things like that. Um, It's just little known stuff. It's little known facts. It's super interesting to hear the kind of behind the scenes. It's, you know, from real business strategy moves to like petty emotional stuff that people did because they were frustrated or I hate you, Blockbuster, so I'm going to do this. Um, It was very interesting to hear all of those things to look at a big picture of a business and how you move forward, how you might be a pioneer or how you look at your biggest competition Mm -hmm. and what that means and how you make it work. So yeah, I love it. It's again, it's probably for someone that has a little bit more of a business interest or wants a little bit of that, you know, behind the scenes dirt, but I think it's great. The episodes themselves are usually like 20, 30 minutes. Um, but the host is fantastic and it's, it's a good listen, I think. I like the idea too that so many of these competitions are basically like one CEO against another and like yes. grudges and just stupid petty yes. shit. Yeah. And then, I mean, it gets almost like, you know, Game of Thrones level in your mind when you're <laughs> listening to it because you're like, why would you do that? What a dumb decision. I was just doing that in the car on the Netflix versus Blockbuster because Blockbuster makes this terrible move that people could trace back and go, that is why Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. And it was like, this guy thought he was doing the right thing. And the whole time, everybody's like, that's a terrible decision. And in the car, I was hitting my steering wheel being like, you, this is why Blockbuster doesn't exist. You're the reason. You are the reason. You should be sitting at home right now going, I'm the reason. Because you are. Maybe he is. Yeah, I I would imagine that he is. Mm -hmm. So, And it's interesting because Netflix made some big mistakes along the way and then to end up where they are. So, And the end of that whole series talks about the evolution of all the pay-as-you-go services, you know, HBO Now, Hulu, kind of where we're at with TV. So very interesting. Very interesting to hear what the cable company is trying to do to counteract Mm -hmm. that. And yeah. So if you like that kind of thing, you like some business stuff, get the cable company one, there's some... Yeah, it's dirty it's, dealings there. They're not, not it's not doing well. Mm-mm. They're on the ropes, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, um, I like I said, I'm listening to that podcast about, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. dropout. And I just had listened to a part where the woman has results that come back negative. So she tries to call Th- uh, Theranos to complain mm-hmm. about this. And the announcer says, it's basically what you would expect from contacting the cable company. Picture that kind of call. 
like, okay, I got it. I got it. Cable mm-hmm. company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible business dealings. Terrible customer service. Yeah. Terrible everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So now you get a little behind the scenes of that. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, it is. It's actually really great. I really enjoy it. It's not for everyone, but I think if you're business, you like that kind of stuff, you're going to love it. You know what's great? Love it. Is we record these episodes on Sunday. So we're looking ahead to a work week. I'm feeling great about it. How you about you? Should. Everything <laughs> seems like this is coming up roses around here. But, you know, we're in a better position since we work from home. Well, yeah. Very, mm-hmm. very true. Yes. So personally, I'm done. I can't handle <laughs> any more workplace shenanigans. I'm Just out. can't handle it. I'm okay. at my limit. Okay. I'm calling it a wrap on okay. episode 10. That's fair. We'll be back next Wednesday. Yeah. No need to worry. No. In the meantime, though, you should head to our website, broadsandbooks.com, and check out all of the recommendations we made in this episode, as well as one bonus pick. That's right. Every single episode has a bonus pick online. God, we're From either Amy or me. Yeah. So I don't know why you're not looking at it, but you should be. You should be right now. And if you are, congratulations. Wonderful. And while you're there, guess what? There's other bonus material. What? Yeah. Tell me more. I mean... (laughs) I tried to keep a straight face. I couldn't. You should. Something about your face. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, we got the bonus pick, obviously, for every episode. Mm -hmm. We have whole bonus episodes, too. So go check it out if you haven't. I will. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was there, but I'm going to check it out anyway. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't mean to project that onto you. Your eyes were like, you better go. And I'm like, I'm going. Like, I actually (laughs) recorded these with you. I was there. I promise. (laughs) All right. So, and if you like that bonus material. Yeah. You like what you just heard today. God. Here's what we need you to do. Mm-hmm. We need you to write a review. Yeah. We need you to click that five star. Mm-hmm. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, it's easy. Simple. So easy. Pull up the podcast. Bloop. Yeah. Five stars. Mm-hmm. That's the noise that your phone makes. Bloop. And you can type in some words, some nice words. Nice words. About us. And it doesn't even have to be coherent sentences. No. We don't care. No. No. We Just don't say care. good. Awesome. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Throwing out some for you here. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> sort of entertaining. <laughs> Kind of intense. (laughs) Frequently threatening. (laughs) But they mean well. Features a cat. (laughs) Still not sure what they're selling. (laughs) Very confused by the purpose of this podcast, but I like it. But yeah, and it would end it on a positive note. So if you're going to take those reviews, Apple Podcasts, like I said, simple. It is. If you listen on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, some of those other formats. We just learned this. It's a little bit more difficult. It's really frustrating. There's a little bit of an obstacle. Stitcher peeps. You need to go to Mm stitcher.com. You look up our podcast. Boom. There you can put in the five stars. Boom. So let's say you're at work right now listening to this. Why don't you just open another tab and go to stitcher.com? No one's going to see. No one's going to see. No. Nope. And it's the same. The same is true for some other formats. Google Podcasts, you're not able to review right on the app on your phone. Um, you have to go to either the podcast website or to something like Stitcher that hosts all of them. So I assume it's similar for a lot of the other things. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. understand what we're asking. We do. And we appreciate <sighs> it the extra effort. We do. Gosh, and we you know do. what? If you give us good reviews, we can keep doing this for you. Yes. We can keep providing the content that you love, that you're maybe not sure what the purpose is, but you still love it. You want it. it. It's entertaining. So why are you complaining? (laughs) Again, frequently (laughs) threatening. 
<laughs> Why? I can't stop. Um, so do that and then check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Excellent. And you know, Aaron and I make this podcast our business. Mm-hmm. So we're always, Taking always care working on and planning for future episodes. We already have some fantastic, loyal, supportive listeners who've taken to our social media to give us some ideas for themes. So guess what? You're going to hear some episodes coming up that were suggested by fans. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. We love it. We want more of it. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or at broadsandbooks.com and send us your ideas. We will take them. Love it. Love it. Uh, we can't wait to put out some of those great ideas into episodes, frankly. We can't. I, I want some of these I ideas. I am on the edge of my freaking seat. You, literally, she is. I, I am. I'm leaning forward. Yeah, you, it's getting intense. So, and you know what? In the meantime, we have ones planned. We're doing yeah. this. Yeah. We're here every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're going to be back next Wednesday. We are, whether you like it or not. And hopefully you like it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> or at least subscribe so you get the new episode. Even though. <laughs> Until then, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.